This hour of the People's Show is brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Get the quality turf, construction, and ag equipment you need while staying under your salary cap at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland, DouglasLakeEquipment.com. Dan Riccio, Randy Janda, live from Nat Bailey Stadium, the site of uh, Vancouver Canadiens. Nooner on tap for this uh, beautiful Friday afternoon. Uh, missed it before the break, so... We need to get to it today. Yesterday we had some fun. We played Password. But Turf Trivia is back today, Randeep. And, uh, well, the Turf champion is Abbotsford right now. And they're playing for four pack of tickets to the Edmonton Elks and BC Lions game tomorrow afternoon. That's right. Tickets start at only $25. The BC Lions are back and ready to roar like never before. Today's question, since we are at Nat Billy Stadium. I love that line. Can you give it a little bit more oomph? The Lions are back and ready to roar like never before. How's yeah, that? That's, more that's energy? Good. Yeah. A little bit more growl like, to it? A little bit more growl in the right. roar. I like that. Thank you. Uh, we're live, aren't we? <laughs> okay. Today's question, folks, as the fans trickle into Nat Bailey Stadium, let's make it Canadian specific. Yeah. What year was Nat Bailey Stadium built? What year was Nat Bailey Stadium built? 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Hit us up, yep. and you may win. That four-pack of tickets to the BC Lions. Uh, before I was born. I'll give you that hint. I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, mascot, Bob Brown, is hanging out here uh, nearby the uh, Sportsnet 650 booth. That's a great name for him. Bob Brown? Ba- Bob Brown. <laughs> just, just a first name, last name, just to real, the point. Real generic. <laughs> you think Bob is short for Robert, though? Like, Robert Brown? Yeah. It just didn't have that same ring to it. <laughs> Bob Brown, I like it. Very proper. Just very proper. Just a nice, proper, proper name. Uh, So we were talking a lot about uh, JT Mella and the Vancouver Canucks and how the situation with Jonathan Huberdeau impacts the Canucks when it comes to the JT Miller negotiations. And the answer is, Well, the blueprint is there for the Vancouver Canucks to get a deal done with JT Miller. They just have to pay him and throw caution, inhibition to the wind on how that number looks like in a few years from now because it's going to be expensive to get him done and signed to a deal right now. Like, I think the one pressure point, Randeep, is maybe training camp. Mm -hmm. You know, you get into training camp – and JT's there, and now now it's like, okay, it's happening. Like, I don't have a new deal. I can sign something here right now, lock into some security. Maybe it's not quite the number that I want, but I don't have to worry about injury. I don't have to worry about getting traded in season and what that means for my family and all these different types of factors that might come into a player's mind once you're in training camp and starting to think about the realities of going into a make-or-break season for the future of your career. That is certainly the, if you're taking the team's perspective, Yeah, you're going to be saying, hey, yeah, you want to get this done beforehand. Now, from an agent's perspective, I can understand that, Reach, but if you have the belief from your client, yeah, isn't this the game of chicken you're always going to play? If you believe that your guy can give you a point per game, which he has been able to give. Are you worried about UFA status? Are you worried about starting the season? It, like that risk from an agent's perspective, I well, would take it. I the mean, team, 
there's injury. Like, hockey players in their nature, Randeep, have more often than not voted or opted for security rather than betting on themselves. My point is the player is more comfortable doing them than the team should be. Yeah. The team should be worried about the start of training camp and trying to get something done. Because I don't like the proposition of starting the season without clarity on that. Now, if I'm the agent, that's I see it as leverage. I don't see it as a pressure point. Right. Because what are you what are you suggesting to the play uh, the team? You're saying, hey, let's get a deal done, or my guy, we can reassess this after the season. Mm-hmm. That's a worst case scenario for the team. Whereas the player, yeah, there's an element of risk, there's an element of injury, but the fact is you're probably still pretty comfortable because how many guys can play down the middle and play on the wing and be an elite scorer over the last three years in the NHL? Not many. No. Nope. Not many, right? Uh, he's He's been all those things. I think JT would have to show it for another year to really get the contract that, that he's feeling he's worth. And I think getting it into uh, a playoff situation would, would take that even further. You know, one thing about the Johnny Gaudreau situation that I think doesn't, you know, isn't a direct correlation with JT, but something I've thought about a little in when Sat, Sat kind of said, you know, is JT's preference to stay in Vancouver? Is it is his preference to play in the U.S.? It's probably to play in the U.S., but it's not like he views Vancouver as a bad option. Yeah. It's just maybe there is a preference to, to move back to the U.S. When I, when I hear that, I think about Johnny Gaudreau and how he took less money to go to Columbus and wonder if, you know, the thing about the J.T. Miller negotiation is the Canucks have to pay more to keep him, whereas there's an understanding from J.T.'s camp, maybe I hit free agency and I still end up signing for seven, seven and a half, but it's in a place that I'd more prefer to be in than Vancouver. And that has always been a part of the conversation. When we started talking J.T. Miller contract or trade, feels like years ago, but that was mm-hmm. pretty much a year ago. It was basically, well, I, I, I believe, not to pat myself on the back, but I was the first to bring it up on the panel with Murph uh, a couple of months into the season when the Canucks were really in the dumps. And then IMAC basically shouted you down, if yes. I'm not mistaken, on the panel. IMAC basically said, they're not trading J.T. Miller. Yeah, that's a direct quote. Yes. So, yes, you're to blame for all of this, really. I, I started, yes. I now, started. since then, even before then, there was the assumption that an American player would want to play in the U.S. In the U.S. And the longer this goes on, if there's anything to learn from the Johnny Gaudreau experiment, mm-hmm. is that if the conversation kind of falls flat or if there's a, hey, yeah, we'll get back to you, that's probably where this is heading. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's there, obviously, because we haven't seen those reports. We haven't heard all that. But the fact is, the longer it goes, you have to get worried if you're a Canucks fan. Because, Reach, if the season starts and there's crickets, gets near the deadline and the team is competitive, and there's crickets, what just happened to Johnny Gaudreau? What just happened to the Calgary Flames? You don't want to be in that situation. So, to me, if that number is, hey, we'll stay if the number is... Do you not believe Jim Rutherford when he says we'll have to trade him if there's not... A settlement a month away from the deadline? I like the way that Rutherford is very to the point, but until there's actual action in Vancouver. Until you get to that point. Until we see that. Yeah. I'm not taking anything as believable right now because that major step, and we've been talking about it for months of, all right, the JT Miller deal will tell us the direction of this team. We haven't seen that yet. 
Yeah. We haven't had any clarity on that. So until I actually see that, they're just words, Reach. I, I hate to agree with you, but yes. You know, when you get a month away from the trade deadline, let's say the Canucks are in a playoff position at that point. JT Miller is still unsigned. It's all nice and and dandy to have the thought in your head that you're going to make that trade because it's best for the franchise. How does everybody in the organization feel about that? How does your owner feel about mm-hmm. that? How does the players in that room who haven't played outside of Bo Horvat have not played a home game in the playoffs at Rogers Arena? How does everybody in that room, on that coaching staff, ownership, fan base feel about you potentially trading away one of your star players in the lead-up during the stretch of the season while you're in a playoff race? Not everybody's going to be on the same page. I know where Canucks Twitter stands, and... For the most part, the majority of Canucks Twitter and the Canucks fans we hear from daily, yeah, trade JT Miller. The window is two, three years from now. It's not right now. It just the timing doesn't work out. You got to move the player now. I, I get that line of thinking, but just know not everybody feels that way about the situation. No, and in that locker room, if that were to happen, yeah, it's a very difficult conversation to have, but. This is Especially a- the way guys like Hughes and, and Bo talked about the second half last year, how they feel like they figured something out and they felt the, the culture change around the team with Bruce Boudreaux and the good vibes they had with all the winning they did through the back half of the last season. You're going to tell those guys, hey, we're trading away our best player. I don't know how that's going to go over in the room, Randy. I understand that, but I think every single one of those players come negotiation time understand it's a business. Understand that it's going to go one of two ways. And I think it's really important to recognize that this is not only a business decision for the Canucks. It's a business decision for JT Miller. Mm-hmm. If he prices himself out of staying in Vancouver, that's a business decision. That's yeah. making sure that your pockets are straight, that you're making cash. So I think it has to be understood that when you're considering trade, one of the key factors playing into this is also the player's business decision of walk, wanting to make more money. So I get you. It could probably, you know cause some tension or some hurt feelings in the locker room, but let's not joke ourselves here. Mm. Every single one of those players understands the game. They sign an ELC when they enter the league, and they renegotiate their contracts. They you know, get traded. They move on. That's the game, man. You're going to have to get over it. A uh, couple of uh, texts coming in on this. Alistair in Clearwater. Artemi Panarin makes $11.6 has a 1.27 points per game over the last four seasons. Jonathan Huberto is now making 10.5 and, and has a 1.21 points per game over the last four seasons. I don't think it's an overpay by any stretch. That's from Alistair in Clearwater. I mean, if we're just going by the straight numbers of it all, um, then what's JT worth? You know, like that's that's essentially why JT's camp firmly believes they're above $8 million per, and the Canucks obviously feel different about that. Yeah, and I think the question I would ask is, is there a team out there, whether it's the Canucks or somebody else, that would be willing to pay premium prices? Premium prices for a player that is probably going to be maybe your second option or your third option as the years go by. He's going to be like your second best player and third best player as he ages in the next two or three years. Did we not learn a little bit of how the rest of the league feels about JT Miller? 
this summer, Randeep? What has the message been the entire time? The trade offers have been soft. Yeah. So why would you, as the Canucks, pay a premium when the rest of the league is not paying a premium? Yeah. That's the question I have. Mm-hmm. Every agent is going to play their game. Calgary had to make that move because they had no other option. They had no other option. Yeah. And Huberto is a franchise player in the sense that he's a top five playmaker. We'll see if he's the number one guy in an organization. Do you feel that about JT Miller? Do you feel that about the next three years? I'm not so comfortable. Dalvir, you have to keep the emotions out of it. These guys are professionals. Shouldn't be shaken for more than a day or two if JT is traded at any point. Hey, man. I uh, I know from covering the Blue Jays a little bit in 2014 just how upset that clubhouse was when they didn't make trades at the deadline to give them more of a chance. The players felt like they had a team that could win. And you have to understand that about professional athletes. They will believe in themselves yeah. thousand times more than you believe in them. And they will believe most guys, you know, I know how like we analyze the game now and it's like man, all we got you you got to stop thinking of we just got to get in. But you have to realize most hockey players, most professional athletes, just get me into the playoffs and and we'll go from there. They, they do feel like, just give us a chance and, and we'll make the most of it. That's, that's how professional athletes work. That's how they think. That's why there's a hierarchy in organizations, though, right? The president of hockey ops, the GM, are they're hired to think big picture. They yes. are. So you have to bridge that gap of, hey, guys, I know you're disappointed, but here's the plan. And in the past... Let's go back a couple of seasons when Tanev left and Markstrom left. Yeah. Players didn't understand the plan. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody understood the plan. No. And well, there, was mu- well, there wasn't much of a plan. There wasn't, and there was COVID-related, obviously, yeah. due to the economy, and Francesco Accolini admitted it, that, hey, yeah, that was a, that's on me. Dis me was the exact quote that he used. But now, looking ahead at it, I think there, if, if you're making that move now, if you're saying, hey, JT Miller is being dealt, or signed for that matter, I would hope there's an explanation on either side. Then there's a plan that's communicated. I feel a lot more comfortable about that coming with this organization if there were a trade than maybe a couple of years ago. So I think the frustration was the plan was not communicated when it went down. When players were told that they'd be talked to or the circle back season would occur. Never happened. It's a different situation now. Uh, it's August 5th. We've talked entirely too much about JT Miller today. I didn't think we would. <laughs> I'll be uh, honest with I, you. No, when, I'll be when, honest with you. When Huberto signed last night, I was like, okay, I know, I know, I know how today's show is going to go. <laughs> you had a plan. The people wanted it. The people came. That's true. In we were getting message. yelled at in the text inbox. Talk more about JT Miller. What does this mean for JT? Uh, do you think JT is watching Arsenal Crystal Palace this afternoon, Randy? He doesn't strike me as a soccer guy. No. I don't know. Really? If he was, he'd be a Millwall fan. He's not the. He's uh, just very fiery. Like Millwall fans. Is that a Pittsburgh River Hounds guy? Is that their team? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as that. <laughs> I was driving through uh, Pittsburgh. As one does. Uh, actually, I was in an Uber at the time. And uh, I asked the Uber driver. He was talking about his time, like, watching. Uh, oh, you know, I uh, <laughs> now I used to watch the Penguins. I was one of the first season ticket holders. And now, now, now they charge way too much. Uh, you know, they charge an arm and a leg. 
then he was telling us about how he got kicked out of Three River Stadium when they, they ditched it for <laughs> for Heinz Field. Okay. And so I, I followed up, and I was like, yeah, but you ever watch the, uh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds? <laughs> He's like, man, if they were playing in my backyard, I'd close the drapes. <laughs> That's a money quote. That's a money quote. <laughs> So that's that's how they. So feel. it's got a huge following yeah, in Pittsburgh, is what you're telling me. That's how they feel about soccer in uh, in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You think they're excited for the EPL, which uh, JT is not too far from. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, Arsenal, Crystal Palace today. You're a big Arsenal fan, that's we right? Know that you got to be excited for this year. They're one of the biggest spending clubs in all of Europe. Second highest spenders in the Premier League. Yeah, behind Chelsea, mm. uh, which is unsurprising. Chelsea's spending money still. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic for Arsenal. Proven goal scorer, you have a little bit more, you know, reinforcements coming up. So I am, I'm optimistic. I'm not going to go crazy and say title intentions and all that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. that Arsenal fan. But I'm optimistic about the top four. Let's put it that way. Here's, uh, here's where I knock you down a peg. Of course you are. It's Manchester City's league, and everybody else is just playing in it. Is it not? They go and get Erling Haaland. Their team has continued to be stacked. They've got the best coach in the division, even though I think he's a little bit overrated, Pep Guardiola. But the record stands for itself. What, they've won four of the last Premier League titles? This whole idea that the Premier League is more competitive than other leagues is a bit of a fugazi. Like, it's Manchester City's league, and everybody else is just playing in it right They've now. won three of the last four. Yeah. Liverpool's won in 2020. Yep. So, a little bit of respect for Liverpool. I know you don't like Liverpool. I said four of the last five. Okay, I'm not wrong fair enough. On that. Okay, fair enough. Now, to me, this is a two-team race. Manchester City is the reigning champ. They've dominated England for, as you mentioned, the last five years. But, not much separates these teams. Look at Two of the title wins by Manchester City and, and Liverpool have been separated by one point. Mm-hmm. Erling Holland, huge signing. Yeah. Liverpool got Nunez as well. It's yeah. not like they didn't spend money. It's not like they didn't get a, a, oh, a striker as well. I don't even compare Nunez my to point is, though. My point is, though, they Holland also like loaded up. the greatest young striker we've ever seen next to Kylian Mbappe. What? Like the, Mbappe and Holland are like the new Ronaldo and Messi. Okay, hold on. One one is clearly proven something on the international level. One had a great time at Dortmund, but he's going to the big leagues now. He's going to the, he hasn't done anything yet. Relax. Mm-hmm. Relax. Dortmund's good, but he's going to the big leagues now. So let's wait till and see what he does first. Alright. So Found for the one guy on the planet that doesn't believe in Holland. No, playing in England is a different ball game altogether. The pressure crumbles players or yeah. it elevates them further. All I'm saying is I, let's see I, how I, good he is. I don't have much doubt in Holland. I'll say that much. I would have I would have felt differently if he had joined Martin Odegaard at Arsenal, <laughs> his fellow Norwegian, but he didn't do that. Yeah. To me, this is a two-team race. What I'm trying to do is I'm putting respect on Liverpool's name. I think they'll make it competitive. Man City is the favorite, no question about that, but both teams are aggressive. They play, you know, they're very talented, and I think it's going to come down to the wire yet again this year. I doubt that. I know Manchester United is uh, a bit of a train wreck right now. I'm sure you are enjoying Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm just doing cartwheels right now. <laughs> uh, but Manchester City, four of the last five leagues they've won. Liverpool, yeah, they signed Nunez. They still got a decent team. They don't have the depth that Manchester City has. Chelsea, 
okay. I still think that the fit of a lot of the new guys that they've got, kind of interesting. And on top of that, like Manchester United, Arsenal. Tottenham. You know, that there's a tier one. There's three tiers in the top probably six or seven. Yeah. Liverpool, Man City for me. Then you've got Chelsea probably in a tier by themselves. And then you've got the other three. Now the question is, who makes it into Europe? Who is in your top four? And I think beyond that, Manchester United, the really intriguing thing about this right now is the Ronaldo situation. Mm -hmm. Like, what happens there? And I know you are the one who has clearly been ahead of the curve on Ronaldo. I'll give you props on this. Thank you very much. I'll give you props on this. Ronaldo's still a great individual player, but does not help your team win football matches. And now he's 37. He's leaving the stadium after he gets subbed off in a friendly against Rayo Vallecano. Yeah. And does he want to play? Nope. Does he want to play for Manchester United? Like, that's a circus that they're going to have to deal with up until September 1st. And if he stays around the whole season, Rach. It's not even that he just doesn't. Like, he wants to play for a Champions League club, but no Champions League contender actually wants Cristiano Yeah, this is, this is a weird thing for Cristiano Ronaldo because he does it all the time, but he actually has to look in the mirror for a different reason. Yeah. He's got to look at himself in the, reason, uh, in the mirror and say, Well played. Manchester United, the Middle East, or MLS. Mm-hmm. Those are your three options. No Champions League team is going to take you on for the salary that you have. You're going to the Middle East. You could probably make a couple hundred million if you want. Mm-hmm. You go to MLS. You get a solid DP salary and all the endorsements, or you stick around with Manchester United and suck it up. So your Arsenal are up 1-0. Martinelli. Gabriel Martinelli uh, from Oleksandr Zinchenko. All right, uh, big voice guy's got to come in and be like, whoa, that's way too much soccer talk. Uh, This is from Ross and Burnaby. Uh, Y'all are sleeping on my spurs. It's our time. Hmm. I'm an Arsenal guy. I will always forever sleep on the Spurs. It would right? be Spurs. great if Antonio Conte gets uh, Spurs to win a Premier League title before uh, before Arsenal. Come on. Wait, wait, Tottenham winning a title? Or Tottenham before, winning a title? Yeah. Did you actually say that? Come on. Get out of here with Antonio that. Antonio Conte did it with Chelsea. They got a, they Tottenham got a, they winning got, a title. They got an okay team. How about it's, they just no. win like how Man, about they just win a trophy? Yeah. Like even a preseason trophy would be nice for Tottenham at this point. Spurs. Uh, it'll be a <laughs> Spursian finish. Somehow they'll fumble it at the goal line as they normally do. All right, it's uh, time for overrated. No, it's not overrated, underrated. It's don't at me. I'm getting all my segments mixed up. This is the People Show. Don't at me on the People Show. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me. Text in your submissions to 650 650. Don't at me. I said, what I don't at me. Brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease with ease, confidence, and a Lease Busters leasing specialist to guide you through the journey. Go to leasebusters.com to start the process today. All right. Don't at me. Get your submissions in 650 650 on the Dunbar Lumber Tax Line. I'll start it off here. We're gonna we just talked some soccer, so I'm gonna switch it up to a different sport. Gonna go F1 here. Don't at me. But Daniel Ricardo needs to sign with Haas in F1. American team. He lives in the U.S., even though he's Australian. Yep. He is desperate now. He needs to prove his worth. Ricardo and Haas is the perfect fit. Make it happen. 
Is that where uh, Mick Schumacher is? Yeah, and apparently he's not coming back. It doesn't look good for the son of Michael Schumacher. All right. So, upstart team that has been punching above their weight. You know what they need? They need somebody tried and tested. Daniel Ricciardo won eight Grand Prix in his career. He can be competitive. Hasn't been that in the last couple of years. But they need a proven, proven driver. I like Ricciardo at Haas. All right. Uh, Dom, producer Dom has a don't at me. Uh, don't at me. The Arsenal are on pace to go 38-0. They lead Let's one go. nothing through 24 minutes against Crystal Palace. Wow. You've finally seen the light, Dominic. I like it. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not even sure what to say to that, Dom. Like, are you trying to jinx the Arsenal? Of course he is. He's turned off his mic now. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, you, you guys speak truths, and uh, I had nothing more to add. I like this one. Yep. Don't at me. Whitecaps are in the Champions League, and Ronaldo wants to play in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, but will Ronaldo want to play? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't at you. I'm sorry. No, he That's a valid play. point. That's a valid. He doesn't point. want to play on the turf, guys. The, the turf. Uh, don't at me, but pickleball is an underrated sport. You guys should try to play that uh, from Jason Bruff. Really? I don't know if it's from Bruff. Just... Okay. <laughs> Texting it's coming in from one of our many Pickler listeners. Uh, we'll bring in some more Don't At Me's coming up. Also, we do have the mailbag. If you haven't gotten a question in for the mailbag just yet, please do so in the next few minutes. We're going to get to as many of your questions as we can to close out the show here on Sportsnet 650. This hour of the People Show is brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Get the quality turf, construction, and ag equipment you need while staying under your salary cap at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland, douglaslakeequipment.com. A lot of uh, things to wrap up here in the final segment as we are live at the Nat Bailey Stadium. Getting ready for uh, a Vancouver Canadiens nooner. Turf trivia champ. We have a new champ, Randeep. A winner has taken away four tickets to the BC Lions at Edmonton Elks tomorrow at BC Place. What was our question? Who was our winner? Today's question, pretty simple. What year was Nat Bailey Stadium built? The correct answer, 1951. It was originally called Capilano Stadium, home to the Vancouver Capilanos of the Western International League. Congratulations to Dawn and Richmond. You have won the four-pack of tickets to the BC Lions game. And congratulations to the city of Richmond. You are the truth. Trivia champ. You've got the turf for the weekend out there in Richmond. Shouts to Don getting the question right. Appreciate all the answers on turf trivia for today. So, I did want to get in a couple of don't at me's before because I, I feel like the people didn't get enough of their don't at me's in. They brought it during the break as well. They did. Uh, so, we'll get in a couple more don't at me's here. Before we get to the mailbag, what's uh, the text inbox and Randy? I've ticked off Darcy in Poco. Don't at me. Spurs will win the Premier League and the Champions League. Arsenal will finish sixth behind the lowly Red Devils. Spurs with the double, he's saying. Mm. Day drinking is a dangerous thing, Darcy. Uh, Alistair, don't at me. Losing Miller for nothing would be better than giving him a seven-year deal. Oof. It's tough. That, that's a bold one. If we were giving away prizes, I might give that one the prize. <laughs> but we're not. Yep. But we're not. 
Uh, don't at me this one. Uh, if you want to talk soccer, talk about Pacific FC and their CONCACAF Champions League win over Jamaica and Langford. Shout out to the local clubs. Shout out to Pacific FC. Yeah, they smacked around Waterford FC, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. as well. I, big I, win. I'm a big Waterford FC guy, though. You know, Is that what you were doing in Jamaica when you fled Vancouver during the trade deadline? <laughs> when, you, when you abandoned your responsibility here in Vancouver? I'm never going to live that down, never, am I? Never, never. You're going to be inducted into the Woodbridge Hall of Fame one day, and I'm going to be in the crowd yelling, He left during the trade deadline! Yes. This man is a sham! Me and Andrew Cogliano at the Woodbridge Hall of Fame. <laughs> and Victor Mete. <laughs> and Anthony Cirelli. He might, he might have his own wing, <laughs> the way he's playing these days. Cirelli. I mean, very well could be. This one from Dex. Yeah. Don't at me. The Blue Jays play the Yankees in late September. The Jays will take over the AL East after that win. I love that. Let's go. I'm going to remind you about day drinking, folks. <laughs> Take it easy. Uh, all right. That's Don't At Me. I appreciate all of the uh, submissions for Don't At Me today. Brought to you by Lease Busters, as always. All right. It's the mailbag. We do it every Friday on Sportsnet 650. It's Randeep's first mailbag. Let's go. So keep getting those questions in. 650, 650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Producer Josh Elliott Wolf and Dominic Schramati have uh, compiled the best questions. Well, I think more Josh than Dom. Uh, Josh, what do we have for the questions today? Uh, we will start with the hockey ones as normal. So this one from Canucks Fan 40. What is a reasonable contract extension for Bo Horvat? Ooh, I feel like I'm going to be lower than what uh, than what Bo Horvat's camp might think. Yeah, the agent's probably not listening to the show, but if he is, will he be disappointed? What's your number? A reasonable extension for Bo Horvat would have to be $6.5 per over six years. I agree with the 6.5. That's kind of where I'm landing as well. But I think he's going to get a year more. More. Seven years is where I'd land at. And that's substantial. Six and a half million more on the over num overall number. Yeah. But six and a half times seven. The problem here is, like, Bo, Bo can easily ask for seven and a half. And probably could get seven and a half or more than seven. It's just where the Canucks are at, I... I don't feel like Bo is worth more than that to, to the Vancouver Canucks. Especially when you start looking at the other contracts. But, Reach, we've been talking about this potential discount, right? Mm -hmm. If there's one player to take a discount, it would be Bo Horvat, the captain of this team. Yeah. So you have to kind of bake that in here. And to me, that is a $6.5 million to, if you want to be a little bit more generous, 6.75. But I, I probably don't go above that. So if you want to, like, uh, dissect the numbers of it all... Over at The Athletic, you know, they just did their contract efficiency rating. Yep. Canucks ended up at uh, 14th, I believe. On that list, Bo Horvat, even with his 31-goal season, according to the model, just, like, got right back to value. He was even money. He gave the Canucks a $5.5 million player this year with what he provided, 31 goals and everything else. Not more, not less, but right there as a $5.5 million player. So if you're paying Bo 6.5 over the next six, seven years, 
have to wonder, is he going to be able to live up to that contract? Part of this is that question. The other question is, do you have do you have a player that can occupy that role coming up the ranks? No, they don't. Yeah. So you kind of have to pay him if you want to stay competitive for the next three, four well, years. Especially if you trade JT Miller. Exactly. So I understand the, the value and that question. But if you, you still need a guy that can play in all situations. And listen, the PK is not great. We've seen that. But you still need a player that is valuable to this roster. And that's what Bo Horvat is. Six and a half, I'm willing to live with that. Uh, all right. Next question. From Leo, what is a reasonable return for Mikey DiPietro? Man, this one this one's interesting, though, because if we look at where he was taken, obviously the Memorial Cup wins, him playing on the World Junior Team, him playing on the World Championship teams. Yeah. There's a resume there. But the last two years of development or lack thereof really undercuts your value. It does. Yeah. So if I'm talking about a reasonable return, I'm probably looking at a, a similar age prospect coming back the other way, Reach. Like, I don't know if you're going to get much more. Goalie prospect? It doesn't have to be a goalie prospect to me. I'm looking, I'm looking across the board. I think... It doesn't have to be a goalie prospect, but the Canucks would need another goalie in the system. Right? Like, teams want to be five goalies deep. Yeah. Right? Um, let's say, you know, Demko or Martin ends up with COVID or, you know, an injury. You're bringing up Colin Delia or somebody else. You still want to feel good about who's in Abbotsford alongside Silovs. Right, so look, the, the part of the problem is the Canucks are not deep enough in goal that there's a certain bar they want to reach if they trade Michael DiPietro away. And I, I don't, I don't know if like you know a fourth round pick is is enough to really for the Canucks to say no, we're we're giving you away basically for nothing. I guess the question here is. What's the value of DiPietro right now? Because yeah. the two things are clear. The development has taken a hit, and based on... Well, I think the biggest problem here is that he's unhappy. Well, that's the second thing, right? The development yeah. has taken a hit. The value, that hurts your value. But also, the unhappiness. Like, it was... When we talked to him last year on the Abbey Report, you could tell... There's a lot of things on that kid's mind. Yeah. He was being honest, but you could tell it was bothering him. And those are two things that are undercutting that value. If you're looking to get value coming back, that, what I know is the Canucks aren't willing to give him away for nothing. You know, when when his agent was tasked to go out there and find a trade for him, they found trades. Just the Canucks didn't like what was being offered in return. So, I, I just is it a third round pick, a fourth round pick? I don't know if that that's out there for the Canucks, but I think that's probably what they would would hope to at least get back because they'd probably have to go out and find another goalie to sign uh, to be in the ECHL or somewhere else. All right, from Team Mirage, I listened to your podcast from yesterday, and in a one-hour episode, there was only 10 minutes of actual worthwhile content. Is <laughs> that going to continue throughout the summer? Well, Raj. Team Mirage. <laughs> Team Mirage. Let's so what's, what's worthwhile content to Raj? Is it just JT Miller talk? You got more of it today. What's worthwhile content to Raj? This is the people's show. Yes. Team Raj, come in with your content idea because not no, much no, is no, going no. on. I have a problem with this, Raj. 
okay? Because we get texts all day, people responding to things that we're talking about. Stop talking about JT Miller! Clearly, you're the only one that thinks it was not worthwhile yesterday. We also had a ton of fun. And I don't know if you just want us to, like, talk ad nauseum about what the Vancouver Canucks are going to look like and how they're going to line up. We talked a little bit about Elias Pettersson, what a breakout season looks like for him yesterday, some things that came out from the all-access. But I can't talk about the Vancouver Canucks for four hours when there's basically nothing to talk about with the team. I'm sorry. Today there was some relevant Vancouver Canucks topics to discuss, and we discussed them. So, Raj, yes, other sports are going on. Yes, there isn't a ton to talk about with the Vancouver Canucks right now. I am not going to force feed that down people's throats when there's nothing there for you. That was my way of saying, I'm not saying there's nothing to talk about with the Vancouver Canucks, but I'm saying there's nothing to talk about with the Vancouver Canucks. That's what I was saying to you yesterday. Today there was more to talk about. To be about. fair, we didn't break down how many minutes Dakota Joshua would play I'm per sorry, game. I'm sorry, we didn't do that. We haven't done that yet. Or how, uh, how the penalty kill is going to line up. Are we done with that question, Josh? Okay, we're done. Uh, this counts Dracula. Did I get angry? I, I hope I didn't. I think you did. Uh, there's a and also, his name is Team Raj, not Raj. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Just lighting up Raj for no reason. <laughs> you were going hard on the Raj. And I was like, Team Raj. <laughs> uh, so we got a few questions specifically for Randeep. Ah. So the first one, uh, Randeep, did you run into any friends on your trip? Yeah, George Russell, F1 driver. I consider him a friend. I ran into him. He has no idea that I exist. Uh, no, I did not run into actual friends on the trip. So it was a family trip. Didn't run into anybody, unfortunately. All right, next I one. Had, I made I made some friends. Did you? Yeah, you know. I mean, you, you were know me. Reach. I hit up a bar. Bartenders are always my friends. You were uh, you were having beers in the streets of Europe, so uh, I would imagine you would have made. Friends. You make a lot of friends that way. Uh, next one is: Were you able to have did soda on your trip? Okay, this is one issue I have with Europe. Did you show anybody dud soda? Oh, this is one issue I have with Europe. Cream soda is not a thing. It's not a thing in Europe, man. I was I di I didn't prepare correctly. I could have taken some with me. Yeah, but as I told you, I took so many you know pieces of carry-on luggage. You can't take liquids in your carry-on luggage. <laughs> no, you got to check it in. Mm -hmm. So no cream soda in Europe. So unfortunately, I was not able to share the drink with folks. But I did rep the the brand. I wore it all across Europe, so there is plenty of apparel. Would you have, like, you know you know how, like, kids set up lemonade stands? Would you have set up, like, a Dud Soda stand somewhere in Europe? I would have. <laughs> I would have. Like, you just see Randy outside the F1 race there in France. Ah, here's a Dud Soda stand. Have you some probably, you probably actually could do that. Yeah. You could just walk in with a little table and your own <laughs> stuff. That's a great idea, Rich. That's a great idea. You're on to something. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's, after seeing F1 at La Casalet, what Very interest nice. do you think this city would have in an F1 event in Vancouver? Would you expect the same wild atmosphere? Okay, the atmosphere... People are still waiting for their refunds on yeah. the E-Race, so... Yeah. Uh, the atmosphere would be awesome. Yeah. Do I see it happening here? In terms of hotels and all that, like Vancouver's set up from a tourism perspective. The track itself... Can you accommodate, like, 300,000 people over a weekend? Mm -hmm. Because F1 travels real well. I'm not worried about the hotels. I'm worried about the actual track. I don't think Vancouver would be able to do that on that grand of a scale. Really? Yeah. Like, Monaco's been going on for years. For years. They have an infrastructure there. Vancouver couldn't even get the Formula E here, man. 
there's issues about that making that happen. Like they got to figure that out. So I do have my worries about the infrastructure in Vancouver and that happening here. Yeah, it's never happening. I'm sorry. Just gonna have to travel. Uh, I mean, Vancouver can't even get golf events. You know, like there's not a PGA event in Vancouver. Even though when they had the Canadian Open here at Shaughnessy, it was like basically the most talked about course on on the circuit at the time. And yet, no, is the PGA coming back? No. Why? I don't know. There's something against Vancouver, but uh, more events like that need to happen. I'll agree on that front. Uh, next question. What is nicer, a sunset or a sunrise? Ooh. I'll let you go on this one. Sunrise. But you got to get up early in this. That's the thing. I think it's sunset all day. Sunrise is nicer, but who's getting up for the okay. sunrise? What is the most enjoyable Aside experience? for me when we have 6 a.m. golf. Uh, I'm up at 2.45 these days, so I'm yes. seeing all the sunrises. The better experience is the sunrise because you might be the only one up. Right. Right? Like if you go somewhere in, for instance, like a, a tourist spot, you might be the only one there. Mm -hmm. You go at sunset, there's like a thousand people there. But what are you more likely to do? Sunset. My vote goes to sunrise, though. Uh, Josh, sunset? I think sunsets look nicer. I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen really? enough sunrises, but I just like the the vibes of a sunset are more my speed. Or, where would you watch the sunrise? I'm just talking in, in the lower mainland. Yeah, you're, a Fle you're a Fleetwood guy, right? Where in Fleetwood do you watch the sunrise? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> It's pretty much on my drives to early morning golf. It's the only time I see the sunrise. Okay. Um, next question. Uh, all right. Next I would say, oh, my favorite spot to watch uh, sunset. Underrated spot, Burnaby Heights, Capitol Hill there. All right. I'm going to keep it pretty grimy. I'm going to say the uh, the top of the Kensington Community Center on Knight Street. It's a great spot to catch the uh, <laughs> on top of the building. Reach, you got to hit that up. All right. Uh, next question: Crocs or sandals? Ooh, man, this sandals. is sandals. I hate both. How do you have a problem with Croc? Like this is answering this question. I hate both. Okay, you hate both but equally. I get that, but pick one. If I had Stop to pick being one, on the fence. No, no. If I had to pick one, it'd be sandals. Yeah, Crocs are. Are we talking they're like? Yeah, they're just a bad look, man. Are we talking flip flops? Are we talking slides? Like what? I think it's like are, the Velcro sandals. Like dad sandals. Yeah. Like Birkenstocks? Yeah. Yeah, I guess those count. Anything with two straps going over the foot. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of those. I haven't worn probably a pair since I was like 12. But Crocs are just, I don't care if they're com comfortable. They're just, they're ugly, man. I feel like Dom is a Birkenstocks guy. Uh, 100% guys. Oh. He does give off some serious dad energy. Burks and Blunnies, baby. Let's go. Lena. Burks, are you I, sandals or Crocs? I was a Crocs hater, but okay. I ironically love them now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I find that like, you have that with a lot of things. You're like <laughs> you're slow to commit, but then once you do, you're like I'm in. Oh yeah, and you can buy gibbets for Crocs. Sorry, what? What? They're called gibbets. Giblets? Giblets. Gibbets. and they go into the Croc holes, and they can sorry be what? <laughs> the Croc holes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are all sorts of different symbols. Like you can have like. A slice of pizza on it, or dud soda okay, symbol great, on it. Another great business idea. Or um, <laughs> yeah, all sorts of things. So, so I'm Team Croc. So this is actually now that I think about it, this goes very well with your Wordle Nerdle branding. <laughs> you're yes. you're a pretty big geek here, Lena. I'm yeah. starting to see this. Yeah, I'm going to mute myself now. Okay. 
All right. We have one vote for Crocs. Yeah. That's the, the, the lone vote of the day. Uh, up next, Vicky. You have two options. You have to either never watch sports again or never use the inter- internet again. What do you choose? Oh, that's hard. Hmm. So that, and she says that includes highlights or any clips. So you can't even like catch up on sports. You're just never able to watch sports again or never able to connect to any internet anywhere. Okay, I love sports too much to give up sports. I'd rather go back to the like the sports page days where they just tape stuff and you'd read about it in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. At least I'm watching sports. At least I'm able to watch, sit down for like two hours and watch the sport that I love. I'll give up the internet. I feel like you can't do anything in life without the internet, though. I'm willing to give up people and things. I I don't think you are, Randeep. Look, our livelihoods are made on sports, so we I, I would have to choose sports. But my ability to do my job would suffer significantly by not having the internet. Okay, when I was on... Hence, listen back to the draft day program when uh, the Rogers Network went down. <laughs> yeah, that was going back to the 1993, <laughs> yeah. basically. So... But all that time you waste, like yeah. scrolling through Instagram, like your screen time is what, five hours a day or whatever it is? Yeah. That is five hours of your life you get back, man. And you're still able to watch sports. How yes. would you know about any other sports without the internet, though? I would call people, Lena. <laughs> I would call people with internet access. I wouldn't be able to, like, I would wa- call you. No, but, like, I wouldn't be able to watch certain sports. Like, I, I, can't, watch, I can't watch Juventus without the internet now. No, you sign up for the TV package. There's still ways around it. But that's using the internet. I feel like you might be able to add that asterisk. Asterisk? I can't say the word. Asterisk. Thank you. Uh, Asterisk. That if you need internet to watch a sport, you're allowed to do that. Okay. To watch the sport you want. Only to watch the sport, though. But it has to be live. You can't, like, PVR it. You're taking a step back into the Stone Age a little bit. Kind of, yep. I'm, I'm choosing sports, man. I love sports way too much. That's yeah, a great I'm, question, I'm, though. I'm also choosing sports. All right. Okay, we will. Oh, but you wouldn't get Netflix. Like, oh, my God. That's a lot, man. You know who would be anyway. really happy with all of this? TV networks. People just going back to TV. Yeah. They would be so pumped. Uh, all right, last question. We will end with this. If you had to choose the Canucks jersey that they will have to wear for the rest of time, what would you choose? That's easy, isn't it? For the rest of time? Yeah, it's it's the skate. The black black skate? Absolutely. I would go with, with the-, the current Orca, blue and green. Aw, oh, man. Orca's had its time. Nah, I'd go stick and rink. You're- <sighs> That's the original chips of Canucks jerseys. Exactly. <laughs> Lightly salted. Guys, guys. What's a- Give me the jalapeno. Stick and rink is a classic. Give me the skate, the jalapeno chips of jerseys. Smack you in the face with guys, that flavor. Guys, the correct answer here is the uh, red and blue tie-dye. Orca. No. Thank you. I rest my case. No. That's the worst take of all time, Dom. What's the worst chip flavor? Is it, like, pizza flavored? That's what Dom came up with right there. You know what? I'd go Flying V, actually. No. Oh, the rest of time, man. We're not talking about, like, ten minutes. Like, yeah. what jersey are you most comfortable with? I mean, I've in? always been like, you know, black skate is good in, you know, small samples. But if it was to be, the like, the forever jersey, it wouldn't be as popular so as it, it is right now. So it doesn't now. look as mean. It doesn't look as nice. Yeah. No. I think the, the love for the black skate jersey 
is all down to the small sample size. Josh, you are so right about Reach's take about original chips. It's the exact same thing. He's like, no, this is too much energy. This is this is too many, too much, you know, pop. Too, too it, much, it's way eye, too much. Too much eye stimulation. For come me. on, come on, <laughs> eye stimulation. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it. We're gonna hand you off to the Vancouver Canadians and Tyler Zickel for Canadians baseball live from the Nat as they continue to. Try to march up the standings just half a game out from first place. It's been uh, a lot of JT Miller today, more than we expected. Hope you enjoyed it. Randeep, did you enjoy your first mailbag? I absolutely loved it. I, it's unfortunate that it ends, man. I want to go for another, another hour with this mailbag. Uh, Lena sold me on Crocs. I might try them now. Crockles. Yes. And Crockles. Yes. And Crockles. Keep, keep some Spros in the Crockles. I don't know. That's probably not, no. Uh, All right, for uh, producer Dom and for producer Josh, Lena here on site with us, my co-host Randeep Janda. Of course, you the people. I'm Dan Riccio. You've been listening to The People's Show on Sportsnet 650.